we must restore meaning to the great ideas, partly conflicting ideas, by which mankind is still living. The ideas of liberalism, democracy, and communism. Yes, the idea of communism. Hello, and welcome to Marxism in Our Time, a new podcast of Marxist ideas and debate from the Deutsche Prize Committee. Thanks for tuning in. The Deutsche Prize is an award given in honour of the historian Isaac Deutscher, who you just heard there in our intro addressing a teaching against the Vietnam War in 1965. Each year, the prize is awarded to a book which exemplifies the best and most innovative new writing in or about the Marxist tradition. Past winners include Ellen Meeksinswood, Eric Hobsbawm and David Harvey. My name is Kane Shelley, and each episode I'll be joined by a different member of the prize committee in hosting an author of a book that made it to our 2021 shortlist. Our 2021 winner was Ronald Sunni Stalin, published with Princeton University Press, and Sunni will deliver this year's Deutsche Lecture in November. We want to use this podcast to showcase all the other fantastic books that made the shortlist, introducing a wide range of contemporary Marxist thinking to an audience that might otherwise miss the debates happening in journals and academic books. Our thanks to the Lippmann Miliband Trust for helping to fund this initiative. Today, I'm joined by committee member Gilbert Akar, and our guest is Francesca Antonini, presenting and discussing her book, Caesarism and Bonapartism in Gramsci, Hegemony and the Crisis of Modernity, published in 2020 by Brill as part of the Historical Materialism book series. Francesca Antonini is currently Fellow of the Moritz Stern Institute at the University of Göttingen in Germany, and she obtained her PhD from the University of Pavia, Italy, in 2015. Francesca works in the history of political thought, with a particular focus on interwar Europe and the opposing communist and fascist tendencies of the period. Gilbert, I'll now hand over to you to present Francesca's book and kick off the discussion. Thank you, Keynes. Thank you very much and uh, a warm welcome to to Francesca with us and uh, congratulations, uh, since this is the first time we're speaking, for for, uh, uh, writing such a, a brilliant book. I mean, the, the title is, is clear about what, what, what the deal is, the, the, the concept of Caesarism and Bonapartism in, in Gramsci. And as you, you yourself mentioned uh, in the book, it's based on what was initially a PhD thesis that you, you defended uh, five years ago, as Kane just uh, mentioned, 2015. My, my first question would be, because the, 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 the title is rather original in, in Gramscian studies, and I should say that uh, this book is one of the uh, most refreshing Gramscian studies I've read in, in recent years. It's, it's, it really is original in its focus, very interesting in that regard, and also, by the way, a very readable book, which is not not uh, always the case in, in that kind of literature. So these are a lot of pluses. So uh, my, my first question, it's even a matter of, of, uh, of being curious about it. What brought you to, to investigate these concepts in, in Gramsci? When, as you yourself uh, uh, acknowledge, I mean, at the beginning or, or observe, uh, there has hardly been any, any real interest in, in uh, in, uh, in these concepts. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank, uh, thank you, Kane, 
and the Deutsche Memorial Prize for hosting me on this platform. It was really a honor for me to be shortlisted for the prize and to be here today to talk with Professor Akar about my book. And thank you also, Professor Akar, for your very kind words and for your question. So regarding your first question, I can say that um, Caesarism, Bonapartism uh, are a long-standing interest of mine. I started doing research on them many years ago for my MA thesis, which was focused on Marx, Italy, and the Met. And taking my cue from there, I then moved to Gramsci. So as I wrote in the, in the knowledge of my book, so I had the privilege to work in, in Pavia with the new editors of Gramsci's prison notebooks. And uh, I had a very uh, strong uh, historical and philological training from this point of view. And they encouraged me to merge my uh, theoretical interest in Caesarism with this new research. And that's the origin of the book, more or less. And um, I can say it was really a great experience to work on this topic, to work on this topic and to work on this topic in this way, which offered me the opportunity to explore a variety of pathways in Gramsci's thought and also to reflect more broadly on uh, contemporary European and Italian history. Okay, well, that's that's uh, very interesting indeed. I mean, you so your your initial interest was in Marx in in the concept as I mean where it, it originates at least for Marxism because the concept of Bonapartism exists outside Marxism again, but differently. So you 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 started with an interest with Marx's uh, uh, Marx's concept of, of Bonapartism, and then you decided to to work on 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 Gramsci. Uh, I mean, was was the 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 editor that, whom you mentioned was was that person who uh, encouraged you to to work on that concept in Gramsci, or were you already? aware of the importance of the concept in Gramsci's writing. Well, my PhD supervisor, he gave me the first input because he was at that time much more aware than me of the, of the richness of Gramsci's thought. And uh, I didn't read so much Gramsci by then, but afterwards I have to say it was a great choice. So I'm very happy of your choice now. Yeah, de definitely, and we are happy too because <laughs> I mean you have become uh, one of the the uh, uh, visible uh, and important uh, Gramsci Gramsci experts, and that's an uh, important community to join, especially with a fresh perspective as as is yours. And uh, uh, I keep uh, insisting on that, but I think it's really uh important that uh to, to to you know tackle the matter the, the the topic in an original way um now uh i mean since you you started with marx and you you moved to to uh, gramsci of course gramsci is inspired by by marx but uh, uh, first of all how about the the occurrence of the two terms caesarism and bonapartism in gramsci there's very few Caesarism in Marx, you know, the, 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 the reference and the concept, the whole concept is, is about uh, Bonapartism based on the uh, French historical experience with uh, uh, this Napoleon Bonaparte <coughs> who took power by the end of 1851. Um, so, um, I mean, is the, 
is there any difference between uh, Caesarism and Bonapartism uh, in Gramsci? That's what a, a reader would, or, or someone seeing the title of your book would, would ask you. Uh, uh, of course, you provide answers to that. Um, uh, is the use of Caesarism uh, um, due to the Italianity of, of, uh, of, of Gramsci, I mean, a reference to, to, uh, to Roman history, um, uh, uh, but to designate exactly the same? So, and how, and that may be a big question also, how does the concept in Gramsci travel from Marx, you know, to, 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 to Gramsci. So, how, I mean, is there any, or what would you regard as a major uh, contribution or, or mutation uh, that uh, happened with uh, with the Gramsci's use of uh, of the concept? Yes, thank you for your inspiring questions. So, I think the reader may be surprised in noticing how few uh, references to Bonapartism and Caesarism can be found in Gramsci's work. And you might wonder why I've written a book on that. So, because if you look also the table of content of my book, uh, there is a section um, number seven in which I analyze more precisely uh, the occurrence of the, of, the, of the concept. And there are not so many. So, but I think that uh, in spite of their limited number, they're quite relevant in uh, sketching uh, in, in better understanding Gramsci's political thought as a war. This is my, this is my thesis. And as you reminded, uh, Bonapartism and Caesarism are twin concepts, but they're not synonyms. So they have long history, uh, which started in mid 19th century France, but uh, at the very beginning, their meaning were separate, but they meant it quite soon. And in the Marxist tradition, uh, they were usually uh, combined. So across uh, the end of the 19th century, the beginning of the 20th century. Surprisingly, Marx was one of the few who kept them separate. So in the 1816 19, preface to the 18th of May, he says explicitly that he doesn't want to use uh, the concept of Caesarism, but he rather adopt the one of Bonapartism because he's talking about Napoleon III. Well, uh, Gramsci didn't follow this, uh, this indication, he rather followed the following Marxian tradition, uh, especially on the model of Engels, who uh, used to uh, put together the two concepts and to develop a broad reflection about uh, this kind of authoritarian leadership, as we can uh, shortly summarize the content of uh, civilism and Bonapartism. Uh, my research, as you reminded, is a diachronical one. So uh, my book follows the development of Gramsci's thought on Bonapartism, Caesarism, from the early uh, newspaper writings up to the prison notebooks. I try to analyze uh, the meaning and the context of every occurrence we find in his, in his, in his text, in his works, and to explain the meaning of it by connecting also with his uh, broader concept and his broader uh, his broader political and philosophical narratives. Uh, in short, we can say that in the pre-prison writings, uh, uh, the main concept is that of Bonaparte. He uses to uh, criticize 
the politics of his fellow party, the Italian Socialist Party. And afterwards, after the foundation of the Italian Communist Party, his former fellow party. Uh, while the concept of Caesarism in the pre-prison writings is, I would say, uh, marginal, it's used mostly to criticize Mussolini's politics and to depict him as a, a ridiculous dictator, a ridiculous dictator. So it doesn't play a great role in the pre-prison writings. We can uh, notice a big change in the prison notebooks. In the prison notebooks, the relationship is, um, is opposite, so we, so we say. We can still find the concept of Bonapartism, and also in the prison, in the prison writings, uh, Bonapartism is used uh, as a way to criticize a negative way of uh, left-oriented politics, so to say. But the main concept the key concept is now that of Caesarism, which is really crucial in describing uh, the transformation of the dynamics of hegemony between uh, the modern and contemporary epoch. So uh, it's a great topic, but uh, if I can try to summarize what I demonstrate, I showed first uh, how Gramsci in the prison notebook depicts a new taxonomy of Caesarism. He reflects on uh, Caesarism as something progressive or uh, something regressive, modern, pre-modern, and so on. And uh, he talks about both historical examples of Caesarism and um, the theoretical meanings of Caesarism. So he capitalizes on a broad, on a broad reflection on Napoleon III to explain how, in his view, Caesarism is mainly a uh, mild regressive form of authoritarian leadership, which is which emerges in context of crisis, and which has keeping together uh, a situation which has to be changed soon. So uh, this is in short uh, what I try to demonstrate. Uh, there are a lot, a lot of things that are connected to this concept, um, the concept of charisma. Uh, Ramshi reassesses uh, Weber and Mika's conception of charismatic leadership. Uh, the concept of Caesarism is also connected to Gramsci's theory of history and theory of transitions, which also is based on or Marx's history of transitions, theory of transitions, sorry. And Caesarism is also connected to um, a reflection on the role of historical analogy and also to uh, reflections on uh, very famous Russian concepts such, such as uh, passive revolution, hegemony, modern prints, and so on. Uh, uh, all of these might sound very distant from Marx's reflection on Bonapartism. Um, apparently, apparently, there are quite few uh, similarities between the two analyses, but as I tried to show in my, in my book, uh, Marx is the main source for Gramsci. So Gramsci in reflecting on Bonapartism and Caesarism. Uh, consider also that he was alone in his, in his cell in prison and he didn't have any contact with other Marxist thinkers, thinkers that were writing on Caesarism and Bonapartism in the very same years. And it's surprising to see uh, how different is his reflection on these categories. So this is very, very interesting. Um, as I tried to show in my book, 
um, Mark's, is uh, Mark's text are primary readings for Gramsci. He had uh, copies of the so-called historical books by Marx when he was in prison, and he reflected at length on them, especially in the 18th of May, uh, which is, as you know, a much more complex work than uh, texts like the Civil War in France, where Marx uh, conceptually is much more uh, sketchy and um, synthetic for political reasons, of course. And he uh, reflects on he reflects on the uh, historical and uh, theoretical uh, picture depicted by Marx in order to develop his own theory. And we can say uh, it's also interesting to notice how uh, how changes how Marx how Gramsci reflections on Marx change from the pre-prism uh, writings to the prison notebook. As a Redman book, uh, if in the pre-prison writing, uh, Gramsci follows the letter of Marx's writing, so it means he literally quotes Marx's text repeatedly. In the prison notebook, we do not find many quotations, but we find much more substance, we find much more content. Uh, he really reread and um, reassess Marx's thought to better reflect on his own time. I noticed, I forgot to, to answer one of your questions, the one about um, whether there is a link between the concept of Caesarism and Italy. Well, it's not, there is not. So Caesarism is a much broader concept. Uh, of course, uh, Gramsci was... No, I, I know it's a broader concept, but my question is maybe the, the term appeals more to, to an Italian audience than Bonapartism. That was my, my question. Uh, because, I mean, you explained that uh, there's a fusion of the two concepts in Gramsci. And indeed, to analyze, analyze fascism or, or the 1920s uh, in Italy anyway, uh, uh, the, what Marx wrote about Bonapartism is much more interesting than any study of Caesarism, because the, the, the similarities, and we are speaking of a capitalist society with the, the classes of uh, the industrial uh, age, we're not speaking of, of, uh, of Caesar's time. So, so the, 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 use, the use of the term when actually the concept behind it is that of Bonapartism, which is a modern concept based in modern history, not in ancient history, uh, is, is the key point here. Uh, now, you, you, um, you, you, are, you mentioned this uh, difference or this evolution between the pre prison writings of, uh, of Gramsci and the notebooks. And indeed, that's a point you make in your book, that uh, uh, you, you blame or you criticize the tendency to just work on the notebooks and forget about the pre-prison writings, uh, which is, uh, it's true, a much, um, I mean, quite widespread uh, uh, tendency, uh, which also may be explained by the fact that the notebooks uh, often are cryptic, that is, Gramsci had to write them you know, in a way because he had to deal with the, 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 the prison authorities, uh, whereas the, the pre-prison writings are very clear communist revolutionary writings. Uh, and, and some uses of Gramsci that try to disconnect between Gramsci and Marxism, you know, uh, find it easier to work with the notebooks. 
anyway, so this uh, your your insistence on on the importance of of keeping both together, which I very much agree with, is something I would like you to comment on. Yes, yes, thank you. This is a very important point, uh, also with regard to the uh, new Gramscian scholarship you were mentioning before. So. Um, this tendency towards separation between the pre-prison writers and the prison notebooks uh, was very widespread in Italian Gramscian scholarship of the 70s, of the 80s, and so on. And I would say it's still widespread worldwide in non-Italian Gramscian scholarship. So things are changing, but slowly. And it's uh, because of this, it's very important to uh, focus on this, to focus on the connection between Gramsci's writings, so on the uh, Gramsci's writings as a war. So, in spite of what I was saying before about the differences in you in the usage of the concept, there is in fact a, a strong connection between uh, the way he uses the concept of Caesarism Bonaparte in the pre-prison writings and the notebook. And I believe that we cannot fully understand the way in which he uh, shaped the concept of Caesarism, and probably more specifically the concept of Bonapartism in the prison notebook if we don't read the pre-prison writings. And of course, uh, I can see uh, the difficulties for a non-Italian um, speaker to access the text. So since uh, uh, a comprehensive English edition of the critical edition of the notebooks is still, um, it's not present, and uh, it's also not easy to recover uh, for um, reliable editions of the pre-prison writings. So the anthologies we have uh, are very helpful, uh, but it should be updated. From this point of view, I'm quite privileged, also because of my participation in the in the work in the work for the new critical edition. I had a privileged insight into uh, the new text and into what means working on this text. And uh, when I had the chance, I also uh, offered the reader uh, a short insight on this as well. When I offered, for instance, uh, alternative translations of uh, um, often quoted uh, sentences by Gramsci. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you. Now, uh, one of the uh, um, uh, probably surprising, uh, for, for at least for many readers uh, issues that you raise in the book is that actually Gramsci used the same concept uh, that he was using about Italy and about Mussolini and the rest he used it in his analysis of of uh, of Stalin's uh, Soviet Union and uh, speaks even I mean he uses even the term totalitarianism which uh, in, in the Italian concept has also a very strong meaning since uh, the total state is, uh, is Mussolini's concept. Um, uh, uh, and uh, you, you note that uh, he makes this distinction between progressive and, uh, and regressive or reactionary. So could you please elaborate on that and maybe enlighten the, the, those lis <coughs> listening to us about it? Thank you. Uh, this is in fact the most uh, theoretical part of my book which is developed in the last two chapters, which are also uh, the longest ones. And yes, totalitarian, uh, as it emerges clearly 
from uh, Franchet's text is in his view a neutral term. So uh, we have to separate our view, our, our, our reading of totalitarianism from uh, Gramsci's view, Gramsci's conception of the concept. And there is also a lot of secondary literature on that, which, is, uh, which explains this. And uh, as I demonstrate, uh, Gramsci um, uses, he doesn't use the word totalitarianism, but only the adjective totalitarian, which is also a small but significant difference. And he uses it to explain the new approach to society, to politics, which characterizes 20th century uh, society, early 20th century society. And this is a common feature of uh, Italy or Germany, but also we find the same, more or less the same dynamics also in Russia, uh, in spite of the differences that he recognizes, if you remember, uh, the famous distinction between West and East, but uh, there are anyway uh, common dynamics. In spite of the language he uses in the notebooks, because of course of the obvious censorship by the Italian regime, he, he couldn't write everything so clearly as he might have wanted. But he developed a, an absolutely interesting analysis of the totalitarian dynamics uh, that are developing both in Europe and in Italy and in, in Russia. And I think the, the most interesting element of his uh, reading lies in the fact that he's talking about both regimes, so not just about fascists. And in this sense, I also, I discussed at length also the secondary literature on fascism, so uh, on fascism, Gramsci and on Caesarism. Uh, which used to separate these concepts uh, and to apply theory mostly to fascism. So I try to demonstrate how Gramsci's reflections is much broader and he's pointing uh, at uh, broader dynamics. And in this perspective, uh, we shouldn't be surprised by his criticism of, um, of Stalin's Russia. And we are also aware of that, that um, we are aware of the fact that he was already critical for the changing uh, the changes going on in Russia even before his imprisonment. So that's not uh, that shouldn't be surprising. But when we read some notes uh, in which he he attacks indirectly but very harshly uh, this kind of political system we are also very surprised and we think also uh, we, we, we can see also with another eye also what's happening now in our own time. So it's very much inspiring from this point of view. Uh, yes, I mean, you're, you're right that it's, it shouldn't be surprising, uh, although using the, the same concept uh, uh, for fascism and uh, Stalinism even taking into account, of course, what you said about how he uses the concept. It's not uh, the, 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 the same totalitarianism that, uh, that uh, was used, especially after the Second World War. Um, um, but uh, don't you think that there, is, there was room here to, to um, emphasize maybe the limitation of Gramsci's view on, on Russia? Because he, he held quite a positive view, nevertheless. I mean, even if critical, in seeing this, uh, this, uh, as you said, I mean, as, uh, as progressive. So, 
you uh, analyze, you, you examine his writings very closely and all that, but maybe the, the sometimes maybe the, the reader might have expected you to, to, uh, to at least emphasize the limitations uh, that he had in, in some of his views. Don't you think that that's something that could have been done or? Yeah, probably. Uh, well, it's obvious, but it's always useful to remind that he was in prison. So uh, maybe I should have written more often, but uh, for obvious reasons, uh, the news he from Russia uh, that he received, he received was very limited and he wasn't aware of the changes that were going on. Of course, he was always in touch with uh, representatives of the party uh, through various, um, through his uh, sister-in-law and so on. But um, yes, he didn't, uh, he didn't have a clear view of what's going on and he, he was fully aware of that. So I'm pretty sure. In spite of this, uh, it's interesting. I think it's, it's worth reminding his uh, critical attitude towards this kind of development which was very useful, even, uh, even given this situation. So um, he was, of course, he was a communist and he didn't change his mind as some scholars uh, used to say. And so with very uh, funny theories. And he was very fond of discipline also. This is quite an important concept in the notebook, which says a lot about uh, how he conceived his, uh, his being part of the party, the Italian party, but also of the word party. But uh, the fact that he had always a critical view on how to implement uh, Marxist politics or left politics, so they said it's interesting and it says a lot also on Italian history, what followed afterwards of Eurocommunism and what he inspired. True. Yes, absolutely. And uh, actually, he did not hesitate also take his distance, including with the communist uh, leadership uh, from 1930 onwards with the uh, third period, as it's called, or this kind of ultra-left turn of, uh, of, of the Communist Party with uh, Moscow behind. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and there I come to my, my last question, uh, which is, uh, first, well, are you aware of the fact that uh, uh, the use of the concept of Bonapartism for both, uh, for both uh, Stalinist uh, USS, the Stalinist USSR and Nazism and, and fascism uh, is to be found in Trotsky? And therefore, have you thought of, of, of exploring a comparison between the two authors between Trotsky and Gramsci uses of, of these concepts in in comparing between the these two uh, these two uh, models or societies. Yes, I'm very much aware of that. This is part of my current postdoctoral project actually, which is a broader project on the history of Caesarism Bonapartism in the interwar period in a comparative perspective, especially with focus on Italy, Germany and Austria, and also with the focus on Russia with uh, regarding Trotsky, uh, who is a very important figure in this sense, and whose conceptualization of Bonaparte is, uh, is extremely fascinating. But what I find very astonishing is the existence of similarities between different and separate in their own conception uh, um, reflections on Bonaparte and Caesarism. If you compare uh, what Gramsci wrote in prison with uh, what 
Otto Bauer wrote in, in, in Red Vienna, or what Trotsky wrote, it was very, very interesting because we you, you can find the same, uh, the same dynamic, which comes, and this my thesis, from uh, an heterodox way of reading Marxist in the mass. This is my, my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, fantastic. That's a very appropriate conclusion of, of our discussion because uh, you, you mentioned your uh, next uh, project and we, I, I, I should say we and I, I for sure, uh, I'm very, uh, very much looking forward to, to reading your, your, your next uh, book, if it is a book or whatever, or even an article. So it was absolutely great uh, having you. And again, congratulations for for this uh, very brilliant book. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks to Gilbert and Francesca for that fascinating discussion. That just about wraps it up for this week. We hope you'll subscribe and tune in again soon. We've got upcoming episodes of all the other wonderful authors who were shortlisted. Himani Banerjee, Maya Powell, and Panahiotis Sotiris. And please do check out our previous episode with Dina Zuvala, if you haven't already. Our thanks again to the Lipman Miliband Trust for their help funding this new initiative. To find out more about them, please do follow the link in the description. You can also find more info about the Deutsche Prize and find out how to nominate titles at our website link below. Thanks for listening.